When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to In That Number. Me and the Moscow Mush are well-rested, enjoyed the internationals, and are right back with Premier League action. This is episode 116. Kevin, what are we going with? Well, I mean, about half an hour into that match, we were going to go with Deutsch Hard with a vengeance, but uh, we finally settled on Lord Ying's Return of the King. Yes. Um, today, me and Kevin are going to be chatting our Sunday afternoon clash with Burnley. And we bring back Tim after his break uh, to prepare us for West Brom next week. We also have our player and goal of the month for March to decide. But first, as always, let's get him in then. The Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Kevin, how are you? Get in there. Yeah, I think we were all maybe having some slight nervous problems after that match, but I'm in that. The jury's 
Before? I, I can't believe it's April already. It's like the season's almost over. It's crazy. I can't believe it. Yeah, I, I really can't either. I mean, would you say it's almost over? I mean, we've still got another eight games to go. Nine, if you include the semi. Probably ten as well when we win. If you include the final, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's good here. I mean, the weather's good. It's, it's Easter Sunday, obviously, so happy Easter to everyone. Um, The restrictions are lifting as well. Like, we're allowed to meet people in gardens now, so that's that's good. It's 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 all it's all turning around, and of course, three points today. So it's looking good, looking good. How are you anyway? How how was how was your week? Yeah, great. Um, well, two weeks now. Yeah, the spring's coming. I think almost all of the snow has melted. Um, the sun is shining, and the, there is a cloud there, but it, it's going to be rain and not snow for the first time in Christ knows how long. Um, yeah, I've had a great couple of weeks. Been able to go to the cinema. Yesterday I went to a pub quiz and we actually won it. Another one. Kev, you win all the time. We don't. We don't. This is the first time we won since the very, very first one we went to. Yeah, and we were trailing about halfway through. We were in third. And we managed to pull it back and just kicked everyone's asses in the last round. An Easter resurrection, quite like today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we could have maybe avoided the religious controversy that would have gone with the, <laughs> the subtitle. But, yeah, brilliant. I mean, it's not Easter here. That's not for a couple of weeks yet. It kind of moves about. It's weird. It's not the same. Well, it's not the same uh, weekend every year, is it? No, uh, no. In either church. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. But, yeah. There you go. Yeah, hope you're enjoying your bank holiday weekend. Well, I've been working. So... But I'm, I was off today, my only day off, and then I'm back again in again at midnight. So you know how it is. Yeah, well, I'm glad to see the back of those fucking hot cross buns. Oh God, mate, we're still going through them. We'll still be <laughs> going through them until bloody June, July, probably. People still buy them. They're stupid. Stop buying them. They are delicious. They are good. Yeah, I do love them. Um, <laughs> right, uh, ITN news, Kevin. Should we? Uh, should we get going? This is ITN In That Number News. There's been a, a substantial amount of international action in the two weeks that we've been away. There has. And uh, I think a lot of it needs rounding up. <laughs> I think it does, Kevin. Shall we round them up? Let's round the motherfuckers up. Yeehaw! This is going to be a long straight up. Oh, this oh, it's only my second pint, but I think I'm going to absolutely destroy half of this. But let's, let me try. Um, yeah, I think the majority of our listeners uh, may have watched uh, an England match over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Prousey, he played the full 90 minutes for England and even opened the scoring in the 14th minute of England's 5-0 win over San Marino. Do you know, he did that when we were talking to Dean Hammond as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't believe it. <laughs> I didn't believe it. No, you didn't believe it, no. But yeah, I mean, we expected to win. I mean, that's people talk, talking about being a round. It's not a round. It's fucking San Marino. No, it, sh- it should have been a route. It should have been five nil is par for the course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but not taking away that from from Prasi, it was a good goal. But then, yeah, then in the Albania match, uh, he didn't start, but he did come on as a seventy-first minute substitute for the three lines in that one nil win over Albania. That's a sixth tap for him. Oh, recently as well, wasn't it? Yeah, Euros. Here we come. Um, but yeah, he came back from the England squads to Saints as a, as a fitness precaution. Yeah. yeah, right. Calf, oh, well, I don't know, the, the official line was that he had a calf nickel for yep. the pilot match, so he got sent back, but he was 
fine enough to start against Burnley, wasn't he? Yeah, Scotland. Um, yeah, Armstrong. He started in Scotland's two-all draw with Austria at Hampden Park. Uh, Stu came off to make way for a certain debutante, uh, mm. Jay, Jay Adams making his international debut in Jay McAdams. Minutes. Well, yeah. Um, well, I think I'm only going to call him Jay McAdams after he gets his first start, which he did against Israel in their 1-1 away draw. Um, in Group F of those World Cup qualifiers, yeah, Jay uh, providing the assist for Ryan Fraser. Only goal, great run into the box. Nice little goal. Um, uh, yeah, Stu, he only got a little taste of the action in the 86th minute, replacing Ryan Fraser. Um, so, yeah, they're not really... Playing alongside each other as much as I thought they would be. I thought they'd you know, link up for a beautiful partnership. Um, Shay, yeah, he did score his first international goal in 4 0 with Scotland at Hampden Park. Um, Stewie rested for the occasion. Uh, so again, they didn't play together, but yeah, fair play, Shay. So yeah, Poland, uh, yeah, Jan Bednarek, he was an unused substitute for Poland in their 3 0 win over Andorra. Um, but he did play the full 90 minutes of a crazy 3 all draw in Hungary. And he featured in Poland's near upset against England at Wembley. But for a upset? late... Well, I mean, it was heading that way, I think. Um, I mean, England, England was shit as far as I gather. But mm. still managed to scrape through 2-1 victors thanks to... Harry Maguire's linked winner. Denmark, Yannick Vestergaard, he was an unused sub in Denmark's 2-0 away win in Israel. Um, but then he did play the full 90 minutes for Denmark, helping him keep, uh, keep a clean sheet against Moldova at the Asher. He fucking thrashed him 8-0. Uh, and yeah, that maybe took it out of poor Yannick for a bit. So um, he watched on from the bench as uh, Denmark won 4-0 against Austria. Really came in at the Danes, aren't they? Mm, good for them. Well done. Yeah, keeping that defence tight. <laughs> Didn't do it today, did he? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Bednarik's probably the worst, but yeah, we'll come to that. Yeah. Um, Mali. Chad? Um, yeah. No, would you believe it? This is, this is interesting, right? Um, Mali, yeah, they had already qualified for the African Cup of Nations, even before it kicked off against Guinea. Uh, they lost 1-0. So that moves them to second in Group A. So they're both qualified, Guinea and Mali. Um, Gianapo, he played the full 90 minutes. Um, and, yeah, conceding in the 75th minute. But then they were supposed to play Chad, but Chad got disqualified. So Mali were awarded a 3-0 walkover. I've got so many questions about this group, Kev. <laughs> How can Guinea and Mali be... What? Who else is in that group? Madagascar? Wow, OK. So, yeah, it's, um, it's Mali and Guinea who qualified... Uh, Chad who had disqualified and Namibia. That that's it. That's all they've got to overcome to qualify. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, it's close. I mean, Namibia. Did, wait, did Chad have been disqualified for that whole tournament for the whole qualification, or is it just a one game? No, yeah, they, they they've been disqualified for the whole tournament. Wait, who, who's going to be the San Marino of Africa? I don't know. But I'm, I'm like guessing it's or something. Yeah, I'm guessing it's somebody in that group. Namibia. Well, they did pick up three wins. So Eritrea. There you go. They're they're they're, uh, they're looking pretty tasty this year. <laughs> yes. Uh, or Djibouti. Yeah. <laughs> it's apparently because of. Uh, the government's dissolution of the Chad Football Federation. Fair enough. That'd do it, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, Japan. Um, only one game Japan had, and wow. Only just. To it. Yeah, Mai Yoshida, our erstwhile god, captained Japan to a victory in which uh, Takumi Minamino opened the scoring in the 13th minute. 
And that set Japan on course for an absolutely fucking ruthless 14-0 World Cup qualifier win over Mongolia. They were 5-0 up at halftime. Um, Minamino came off in the 71st minute when it was 7-0 and they went on to win 14-0. It's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. You say ruthless, that is it, yeah. Makes us look look better, doesn't it, I suppose? Yes. I've got a few in other businesses. Switzerland, under-21s, Jankovic, he apparently impressed. I, I didn't actually watch the match. But man of the match performance, mate. Was he actually rewarded man of the match? Because from what I've seen, it was given to another player. I but, thought he um, was. Yeah, I've heard it, it was an almost man of the match performance. Maybe I'll have to check that up. Um, but, uh, yeah, 1-0 victory over England. Uh, he played the whole 90 minutes in that. But it was all to come to nothing. Didn't get sent off? Wow. Well done, Alex. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he even got a yellow card on that one. Um, but, yeah, in the next two matches uh, of those qualifiers, uh, he was subbed on in the... 66th minute of uh, Switzerland's match against Croatia, which was in Slovenia. They lost that 3-2. And then he started, but the, he was subbed off in the 67th minute as Switzerland lost 3-0 to Portugal, the group winners, uh, meaning that they were eliminated from the competition and must be destroyed. <laughs> Norway, can't forget, El Yunusi is a Saints player still. Um, he got the assist as Norway beat Montenegro 1-0. So, oh, well done. Well done, Ireland. I really, I really don't want to read this out at all. But um, um, yeah, Shane is still donning the green for Ireland. It came on the 67th minute of their 3-2 defeat to Serbia, and he also came on in the 73rd minute as Ireland lost 1-0 at home to Luxembourg. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, and then he started in the friendly, because you know Qatar are in that um, mm. World Cup qualification group, A. Eh? Yeah, Ireland drew 1-0 with Qatar. Oh. And then started off on that one, but yeah, came off after 57 minutes. Stephen Kenny, he's got to fucking go. This is ridiculous. Ten games, not a single win. Playing against the likes of Luxembourg and Qatar, I'm sorry. My goodness. And My goodness. You know, he's supposed to be bringing the youth players. He's he's still playing Shane Long. As much as I love him, he ain't no youth player. Yeah, something's got to give. Will Ferry, the Boston Ferry, he got some international minutes under his belt. He started for the Republic of Ireland under-21s as they beat Wales 2-1. See, the youngsters... Are winning the seniors are uh, uh, Well done, Kev. Sorry. Well done, Kevin. It's <laughs> <laughs> depressing, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, into the ITN news proper, and it wouldn't be right if we didn't pay tribute to the late Frank Worthington. Um, yeah, he, of course, played alongside Steve Moran and Danny Wallace in that 83-84 team that finished second in the first division under mm. Laurie Mack. Um, yeah, just that one season, 34 starts, four goals, but um, yeah, iconic footballer of the era. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he brings the word journeyman to a new level. I mean, he played for about 20 teams. Yeah, he has played for a few, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah sad news. Um, Kevin, I was the victim of a vicious April Fool's. Uh, really? Yes, I was. Do you know what? I was planning one myself um, and I fell for one. It was just, uh, I never fall for April Fool's. I never do it, but I did this time. Uh, Saints News Now, I'm going to name drop you, you bastard, you know. Uh, he put a post out on Thursday morning. 
um, and saying that we're bringing um, Cuco Martina back as uh, as an emergency backup. And I lapped it. I was like, oh, fucking hell, this is this is all right, isn't it? We need we need backup for the left back and right back. Um, and I, it, 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 the way it was written, it was like this, this is um, only going to be used as a backup for uh, Kyle Peters and, and Ryan Bertrand. Um, he, he's a free agent and all this. And I thought, OK, I, I can understand this. This seems sense, feasible. Yeah. And even in the picture, the top left hand corner of the picture, it said April Fool's and it was quite blurry. And I still bought it. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, Saints News now, if you're listening, fuck you. Um, well, I fell for one as well um, Did you? For, for a little bit. It was um, the ugly inside. I don't know if it was Freddie or, or someone else, but um, they said that Saints are, are going to be bought out by some Silicon Valley millionaire. I thought, hmm, interesting, this sounds feasible. Um, but, yeah, it got ridiculous. Um, the new owner of Southampton FC will be Douglas C. Niedermeyer, a self-made billionaire from California. It was Niedermeyer's interest in films that led to his interest in Saints, a big fan of the film Titanic. Subsequently, the ship <laughs> itself, but he visited Southampton to tour the sites and was surprised to find that there was so little promotion of the film. Um, yeah, it goes on. But um, who's a blue tar- John Blutarski, his right-hand man. A Donald Boone Schoenstein. And Eric Stratton. I've, I think these are all National Lampoon's characters, aren't they? <laughs> but yeah. He jeeps you. It got me good. I mean, it, it started off believable and then it just gets more ridiculous as it goes along. Basically turns St. Mary's into a Titanic themed um, theme park or something. Uh, I hate like, I, I hate April Fool's. I really do. I love it. My favourite one of all time was um, Ricky Lambert posing with the New Zealand shirt, saying that he was um, he was tired of waiting to play for England and, <laughs> and started to uh, and got his call up for for New Zealand. Bears away game, Kevin, has been moved to Wednesday the twenty first of April, and that's going to be on Sky Sports. And that is just three short days after our FA Cup semi final. So, do we care about that one? Well, we're going to be safe by then anyway, so probably not. Okay. Um, I was kind of hoping they'd move it to um to next season. <laughs> yeah, uh, B team were playing while we were recording last time against Liverpool, um, and we lost again, uh, a two-one home loss. A better performance, but once again, nothing to show for it. And yeah, Luke Pearce with our only goal. Kevin Yannick Vestergaard is currently discussing a new deal. This is good news. I think this is ha- this has to happen really soon because it needs to ward off. Interest from other parties, correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 12 months ago, everyone wanted them sold, but now we've definitely changed our tune. And uh, yeah, he needs to stay. I'm surprised that people haven't been talking about this earlier because, I mean, with Bertrand and um, Ings at a contract also at the end of next season, you'd, you'd think you'd lump Vestergaard in the same bunch, but yeah, so he's almost as important as those two. That's true. That's very true. Jake Pokins, um, he did uh, pick up COVID uh, whilst on loan at Sunderland. And um, whilst he has pretty much recovered, he has um, a bit of a heart irregularity that they picked up um, as he was recovering. So, um, yeah, let's hope that uh, he gets well soon. I want to talk about our semi-final with, with Leicester. Fans are allowed into the, into the stadium, right? 4,000 of them. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, Spectators and... Yes, okay. But local, yeah, locally sourced fans. I'm just going to say football fans, okay? <laughs> uh, locally sourced. What do you think about this? What is, you know, I, I mean, I get what they're trying to do, right? They're just like testing the waters. Let's get 4,000 fans in. 
but let's not have everybody travel to London on the same day. Get that? Uh, it's fucking bullshit, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's such a small number anyway. But, I mean, there must be 4,000 Leicester fans in London and Southampton combined, do you not think? Um, well, 4,000 Leicester slash Southampton fans in London. Yeah, I mean, if it was in London, I mean, I suppose it's kind of fine, maybe. But, I mean, there, there should be proper fans going in there. How many Saints fans are there in the London borough of Brent? Which, you know, in order yeah. to attend, you have to be resident there. Say so probably not that many. Um, I'm currently uh, looking at properties, Kev. Just so you know. Mm. There are some Airbnbs you could do a little deal with. Uh, <laughs> sure, it could be an option. But, yeah, I mean, seriously, I mean, I've heard that they're doing it in a sort of lottery that just can be practically going up to people in the street around Wembley and saying, do you want to come to a semi-final? Okay, eBay, eBay, there you go. I kind of misread a different news article, um, which got me a bit angry. Um, I thought it was the other semi-final. Uh, it's, that's Man City Chelsea, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, that's gonna, I thought that was gonna have fans in attendance. It's, but it is, it's both of them, isn't it? They're gonna have fans in attendance. But, um, the Carabao Cup final, that, they're gonna have 8,000 fans in attendance, um, at Wembley. And, uh, both clubs are gonna be offered tickets for fans. That's strange, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's on the 25th of April. Maybe maybe it's just before our match. Maybe it's just because it's a one-off. It's a one-off game as opposed to two semi-finals. So they do it for one, they've got to do it for another, and then they've got to do it for the final as well. Maybe it's like just a can of worms for them. Not really. I mean, that's three matches. I mean, four including the final, which I mean, that's yet to be confirmed exact numbers, but. Yeah, yeah, it, it stinks. I mean, I would have liked to have put my name in the hat for the semi, but I mean, it is what it is. Didn't Ralph say that he wanted it all the uh, all the tickets to go to NHS staff? I mean, okay, but I mean, there's got to be people who are NHS staff and Saints fans at the same time, right? Of course. But, but if you take all the capacity, but if you take all, if you take two thousand NHS Saints fans away, then the general hospital is going to be very, very understaffed. But they don't have to be. You know, frontline nurses and doctors. I mean, there's you know about a million people who work in the NHS. Somebody arranging that they get that day off, and it's it's not going to be two thousand of them, right? I mean, there's going to be so there's, many there, corporates and stuff. They'd be so. corporate, yeah. They'd be ninety percent corporate, wouldn't it? Let's face it. Even if yeah, you've got okay, thousand Saints fans, NHS. You have to drive there in your car and park up, and um, you have to have a COVID test and all that sort of stuff. I mean, they could they could do it sensibly, you know. Safely and fairly. But this is the British government, Kev. We don't do anything sensibly. I don't want to go into a political debate, but you know what? Well, I mean. yeah. I mean, definitely not fairly, at least. Um, yeah. It just seems that they're like, um, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's fucking do that without consulting anyone. You know, they could have, you know, consulted the clubs. They could have consulted the NHS if they wanted that involved. So, you know, is it practicable or not? Okay, now, so we go into Haas Asks. Um, last week, or the week before, rather, uh, Alex asked the question about our 4222. I thought I said too many twos then. Um, is it too predictable? Uh, is it too easy to play against and nullify? Do we need a formation change to help us, you know, with a spark of creativity going forward? But I, I mean, I did put a poll out. Uh, what do you, how do you think the poll went? I'm going to say it's probably a resounding yes. It was. That surprised me. It really did surprise me. What, I mean, what do you think? Uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's, it's, it's very easy to criticise the formation when we're in such a bad run of form and to say that we need to try new things and switch it up. I, 
I don't know. I no. don't know. I think there needs to be some flexibility. I mean, if we don't have the players for, for the positions needed, um, or, you know, depending on the opposition or the scoreline, for example, we should be able to, to change thing up, things up. I mean, it is quite a flexible formation, but still, the way we play it, especially you see today, you're playing four very attacking players. So, I mean, it's practically like a 4 2 4. That is true, but I mean, until, yeah. So you get substitutes on. But the poll that we had, it was it was massive. I, I wonder though if um if I put that poll out now, it would be the same because it seemed to work okay today, especially going forward. Yeah, I think if you put put that poll out at you know November December time when we're top of the table, everyone said no, fuck off. Yes, brilliant. Yeah, well, Ralph knows his position. I mean, when when Ralph came in, he. he he tweaked it, didn't he? He was trying to get to know his players and, and, and his formation that works best for him. And he found it out pretty early and he stuck with it. Now it doesn't seem to be working. And, and Alex was, 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 was just questioning whether it was too predictable now. People know what we do. People know that we play the high press. People know that we are susceptible to the long ball again today. Another example of that. Yep. But, but um, I don't know. I, I was sitting on the fence with it, if I'm being honest. And I, and I didn't expect it to be about 74% to yes and that's what it was so that did surprise me um but next week he wants to know your opinions on international duties um should we be allowing players to go especially for friendlies i mean I, you can understand whether it's qualifiers that's one thing but prousey came back injured again there's a discussion of overuse uh, saints don't have a big squad as it is and the potential of shay adams and redmond getting international time now and Prousey plays 100% of the time for us. He needs some time off. And this is where it comes back before, Kev. Do we need to feign injuries to get them out of the duty? I wouldn't go that far. Well, that, uh, that to me, mate, that's what it was. That is, all, I, I am convinced that Ralph has been in, involved with, with, with recalling James Wood Prowse from international duty. There was nothing wrong with him. They say a quad. It's easy. Ralph uses that, that um, excuse every single week. There's a muscle injury. And it works. Nobody, nobody, nobody questions it. And I think that's what's happened again. And when I ask you this, Kevin, which of our international players is most important to their respective nations? Like, who plays the most for their country? Who do you think? Gineppo, maybe? Is he the most valuable to Mali? Vestergaard, Bednarik? I mean, because we know Prousey's not. He's not going to be straight in for England, is he? And neither is Danny Ings. But who's the most... Yeah, who plays the most for their country in our squad? Probably going to say Minamino. Yeah, but he's not ours, is he, really? Um, OK, out of the players that are ours. Um, it's probably Gineppo, right? And he doesn't even play for us. Yeah. And these are good questions. I mean, because we just heard that, I mean, even, you know, staples like Jan Bednarek. Yeah, he didn't play all of Poland's matches. Could have. Investigar doesn't either. There's nobody else in our back line that's international. Bertrand's over the hill. Guy Walker-Peters is overlooked because of Kyle Walker and yes. uh, Aaron Wambasaka. A lot of competition for that position. Yeah, I think that's probably probably a good thing. You know, it's, um, I agree. It's, it's great that we've got England's best uncapped right back. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, discuss your, your international duty debate with us um, in the number podcast at gmail.com or contact us through social media. Love to hear from you, uh, no matter what your opinion is. Uh, last for the ITN News, Player and Goal of the Month. Yes, so um, at March, um, we asked who your Player of the Month was. Um, we gave you four choices of James Ward-Prowse, Che McAdams, Stuart Armstrong and Nathan Teller. And the poll has just ended. This just in, who do you think's got it? I don't know, because do you know what? This is probably one of the toughest months ever. Because we haven't been it playing is. well. We haven't been playing very well. And th- there's been bit parts from everyone. I'm going to say Nathan Teller. 
a little surprise. No, no, he got four percent of the votes. Ah, oh. um, he got twenty one, and there's only there's only a vote or two in it. I think they're almost identical. Jay Adams and Stuart Armstrong, two Scotsmen, um, and Shay just edges it. That's interesting. It's been rounded up to 38%. Um, on, on Instagram, actually, Kev, James Ward-Prowse. Really? Mm. Mm. Yeah, so this is, this, it's going to be split, I think. But I was going to go for the curveball and go Nathan Teller, because you've got quite a lot of love on Instagram. Who gets your vote? I think Shay. I'd probably go for stretch. I think it's between them two, clearly. Yeah, I think Shay. I think Shay gets it. I think when it's this close, you need to look at other things as well. And the fact that you got called up to Scotland straight away, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah, it's good. And he scored, yeah. So I, I, I know it wasn't technically for us, but uh, he did bang in some beauties as well, as, we, as we're going to get to in a minute. But yeah, he doesn't do shit goes, does he? He does not. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was going through a bit of a rough time in, in February, wasn't he? He wasn't playing a lot, but he's come back, and I think he's done everything that has been asked of him. So I, I think I would have probably given it to Shea. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, so goal of the month. Um, we narrowed it. Well, there was eight goals, wasn't there, in March? And uh, we narrowed them down to four. Um Shays against Sheffield United, Shays against Brighton, uh, Redmond's against Bournemouth, and another Redmond one against Bournemouth, the second one. Again, it was quite quite tough. Yeah, underrated that second Redmond goal. Uh, he made it look a lot easier than it actually was. Indeed. Mm. But my vote would go with Shays um, against Sheffield United, the volley. I think the technique was just, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I knew that was going to win. Um, so I think I, I, I voted as a, a spoiler for Redmond, but um, yeah, fifty-eight percent of the vote agrees with you there. Yeah, it was and the right, the right decision. I would say so. Yeah, it was. That was. I mean, we said when it went in that well, there's your goal of the month. Yeah, but Redmond's uh, picked up twenty-four percent of the one. The first that first goal against Bournemouth. So. That was incredible too. Yeah, a lot of good goals. Yeah, we got one. Um, we got one in April as well already. From, oh from yes. Oh, I've got a couple of. Well, I've got three of them, three good girls today. But yeah. Um, okay, uh, should we go into the Burnley game, Kevin? Yep. This is Klaus Lundig from, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, Kevin, 3 2, Burnley. Fabulous. 2 0 down. Uh, changes then. Ings, Walcott, back. Uh, James Ward Prowse shakes off that mysterious injury that kept him out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy with that uh, with that selection there? Yeah, it's very strong. I'm also happy that Redmond gets a chance up top. Really? Because I, I, I honestly thought that he would put Shea in and then put Redmond out wide. I wasn't expecting no. that, that Walcott to come straight back in, if I'm honest. No, I think he deserves a chance to prove himself. Um, if not, then start Shane. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it, it, start, it was quite a vibrant start from both teams, wasn't it? It was quite a... A decent game. I think Burnley probably had the better of it. Uh, the VAR so. come in straight away inside of 10 minutes. Kai Walker-Peters late, clumsy, didn't get the ball. Uh, personally, I think it was a penalty. Uh, I don't know how you stand on it. I didn't. You know, it, it was difficult to see in real time, but on, on the replays, yeah. yeah, he doesn't get the ball. He kind of just scissors him. Uh, he, he, well, he almost gets the ball, doesn't he? I mean, it, there's... Mm. <sighs> It's almost like you could maybe argue he was trying to play the ball, but he takes them out. And yeah, I'd say based on that, there's apparently, but I mean, there are, there are question marks over it because um, Eric Peters does does push him, doesn't he? He kind of pushes wow. him back. The, the thing is, Kev, uh, you look at it, but what VAR looked at, they only when they looked at the replay, oh, wow, I mean, 
they've said before that whatever you're seeing on your screens is not what VAR are looking at. I hope that's, that's a key point in that. Well, I hope that's the 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 case because if you look back at that replay, go back a little bit further, it has his arms all over. Yeah, uh, Kyle Walker Peters. So he could have gone down. There was an argument that that it could have been a foul beforehand, or is that just clutching at straws? Is that just like a football? I don't know. You see, he was um, the way he was leaning back. He does lose his balance. He could have gone down, but he stays up and decides to go for the tackle. And turns out that was the wrong decision. But I mean, had he gone to ground, I don't think he would have been um, penalised for it. And I don't think there would have been a penalty or a goal. If I'm being honest, Peters isn't really gonna. So what you're saying is that he should have died. Or should have gone down. But he, well, it's not a dive because he's being pushed. So he can well, make a meal out of it. Well, it would have been a dive because he clearly had enough strength to stay on his feet. But he didn't have to. I mean, the, I don't like the fact, right, that if it's the choice between your team conceding a penalty or um, getting a goal kick, I think, you know, that turns out that it's the right decision. But it's not, it's not playing the game properly, is it? The etiquette no. of the game. No, it's one of those ridiculous paradoxes of VAR. Yeah, I mean, in, in the age of, of no VAR, that would never have been given, I don't think, because you said it at the start of this. I only saw it on the replay that I thought, oh, shit, we're in trouble here. It's exactly the same as I, as me. I, I didn't think there was a problem with it at all. Commentators at the time didn't really think there was a problem with it until they looked at it again and thought, oh, I'll tell you what, Saints are in trouble here. So maybe, yeah. I just don't condone him going down because... I, I, I don't. Know, I just don't like to think of players playing like that. I know it happens. Maybe you're right. Maybe if he'd have stayed, if he'd have gone down, that would have been it. Goal kick or a free kick to Saints. No penalty. Yeah, I, there's no room for dignity, is there? In in football, you don't get awards for it if you get penalised for it. You know, you can only you can only play the game that's in front of you. Yeah. So yeah, I don't condone it, but I think that's the reality of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. But uh, no dispute in Burnley's second. Uh, long ball over the top. Bad defending. Bednarik, I, I don't know, needs to be stronger, just needs to be better overall. But this is just how Burnley play, isn't it? Yeah, who would have thought it? Why can't we deal with that? Like, yeah. it's, it's nothing <laughs> new. Why can't we deal with things like that? This is a typical Burnley goal. Um, I don't know about typical. I mean, it, was, it, it was a bit of a special finish. but um, oh, Okay, but the, the build-up to it was typical. The setup, yeah. This is, this is how they This is how they roll. Vidra still had to do the do the dirty work, didn't he? But yeah, what well, this should have been avoided. It could have been avoided and should have been avoided. Yeah, most definitely. It's not the first time we're going to be um, talking about this sort of thing. But defending about a long defending a long ball against Burnley, I've said it in seasons past, and probably be saying it um, as long as we're both in the same league. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing, isn't it? And I think uh, Chris Woods he really picked on Bednarik, didn't he? I mean, when, yeah, I mean, I, I said this last or the last episode that we did that this is going to be the key battle. And I was right. And he was losing it. Yeah, yeah. that first half. Um, yeah, he just 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 lets him get away with it and um, flick on Matty Vidra. Very good finish, I will say. But I, fuck me. Yeah, great finish. Do you think Forster maybe could have done a little bit more? Because he did have a I lot do. of fun to react. It looked, I do. Lot, it looked very fast. It looked, cause it looked like such a strong finish. Well, he but hit it on, well. On the replays, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, right. the commentator said that there's not much that Forster could have done. I disagree with it. I think yeah, he, I he could have saved it. <laughs> as, as sad as that seems. It, was the, it wasn't the power so much. It was the position of the shot. It was central yeah. to the goal. And I think 
he went down with his he, he led with his foot. I don't know. Maybe you can talk talk to Tim about this. Um, but I don't know. I, I think Pope would have saved that. Although Pope, <laughs> Pope probably should have done better with Armstrong's goal, but that's a, that's another matter. But um, yeah, I, I think possibly Forster should have should have done better there. Yeah. But I mean, Kev, they, thirty-one minutes in, three minutes. Um, and we and we got the response, and boy, did we need it! That, that was the timing, wasn't it? The, the strike from from Stuart Armstrong gave us a little bit of hope there. And as I say, Nick Pope probably should have done a little bit better there too. But it was a good strike, and and I, I'm sure Stuart Armstrong probably would have liked that closer to the corner of the net. Does it matter? <laughs> of course not. But yeah, the, the setup was brilliant. I mean, Ward Prowse was just visionary there. They had to 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 get that ball round, and yeah, quick thinking from from Danny Stu. Beautiful, beautiful finish. Uh, yeah, at this near post. I mean, I, I think Pope probably wasn't expecting him to take it at the near post. Possibly not. Um, but there were some some nice moments before the break, Kev. I mean, Redmond fired that cross um across the goal. Uh, and then you know he had a, he had a lovely moment where he ran inside the box and it was just like shoot shoot, um, but you know it ended up a corner. It's funny, uh, you you sensed that the game wasn't done, the goal scoring wasn't done at that point from two 0 down. Um, and then you know the pressure was on from us. We we were, we were quite dominant at that point, I thought. And then Danny Ings, yeah. oh my goodness, what a goal! And <laughs> we got an early goal in March for for goal of the month from Shea, and I think we've got another one from April from Danny Ings here. The confidence there. When he went past yeah. me, he still had so much to do. Uh, he was being hunted down by me as well. Uh, Tarkovsky was in front of him. It was an awkward angle. You got England's number one closing the gap and, and, and closing down that angle. And then he takes it round Tarkovsky, made it look, made those players look like twats. And wow, just it was just. And the finish as well, just right through his legs. World class. It was world class. Yeah, I'm say. I mean, he's absolutely pissed. Okay, it starts off about about the halfway line as well. I mean, it's just another epic Ings goal. Um, like you said, Ben Mee. I mean, he, he can't he can't get to him. He can't decide which side to to get on him. And I don't know what he's doing at the end, just um, running towards the far post. Tarkovsky has gone all or nothing and just decided to slide it in. And Danny's clearly just waiting for that to happen. So, all right, you're gone then. We saw that last season okay. with Spurs, didn't we? When he mm. sort of like, turned it in on um, out of ear out. That's right, yeah. Um, the, the Gascoigne-esque one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, prime Danny Ings, you know what I mean? I was unsure seeing Danny Ings on the score sheet. Like, okay, yeah, he has to be back in the team. But I mean, we've seen it before. He's come back from injury and hasn't hit the ground running. But yeah, fuck me, what a performance in that first half. Especially considering, I think we were, we were unlucky to have gone two 0 down. I mean, that that was that was a light penalty. It was foolish and again a bit of a defensive error from Bednarik and just. A wonderful finish from Matty Bidra and the the two 0 up. Not going to say it was against the run of play, but Burnley weren't two 0 better than us. And no, at that I half agree. hour mark, you're thinking, I mean, the job is just despondent. Like, what the fuck do we have to do? But luckily, that that didn't last long because I mean, going to that second half, I mean, Burnley couldn't have. I mean, they must be praying for the half time whistle to go to just stop that insurgence that we put in there. Yeah, and I, I think the timing of the goals was so crucial because I think if we'd have gone in at half time at 2 0 down, it could have been it. 
could have been curtains for us. But having said that, we could have actually taken the lead into the second half. It was just so much better. And it was, if we can, you know, just sort out those defensive errors, please. Yeah, that, that would that would be so much better. I, I would uh, enjoy the games a lot more. Um, but I, I perused the stats, Kev, at the break. Um, 63% possession and 14 shots to their three. Yes, that was a half time. All of theirs were on target, by the way. But let me remind you that one of them was a penalty, so it should have been on target. Uh, as I said, we just need to stop those individual defensive errors. But this game, to me, it shouldn't have been close. Looking at how much the improvement from going 2-0 down, the game shouldn't have been close. It should not have been, but we made it that way. Um, and in the second half, I don't know, how did you see the second half? Because it was kind of like Burnley were out at it. Uh, James Ward-Prowse had that strike on the hour mark, didn't he, when he hit the crossbar and it bounced mm-hmm. off the line. That was very unlucky. What a strike that was. Um, but then we started showing our quality, and I was kind of thinking at that time, Okay, the cream is rising to the top. So I was, I was, I was kind of like looking at their team and thinking, our players are better, our manager is better, our tactics questionably better. We need to take this win. We need to take it now, and that they are there for the taking. Let, let, let's get the three points. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of smacks of that Newcastle match. Newcastle were basically there to be taken, just like Burnley were this time. I don't know. I, th- I think it. It's not so much that we had the the talent. I mean, that's always been there. But I mean, that, yeah, that was quite a trap first. 15 minutes or so of the second half. But then, yeah, it really started to pick up and um, that goal was coming, you know. And I was, I was kind of hoping that it wasn't going to be the only goal of the second half, but it, it turned out to be that way. <laughs> it should have <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we just had about 20 really intense minutes of, of pressing and attacking um Making really good counter-attacking runs into the final third, and yeah, we did we get to get the fruits of it. But I mean, there was a, there was a few disappointments there, wasn't there? Um, oh yeah. Um, like you said, um, that goal that I said, that's almost across the line. I mean, I I, I don't know if <laughs> there there wasn't much in it if it wasn't across the line. No, it was on the line. It was clear it was on the line. I think that's the only thing that the, the technology is is has improved football in. That goal line technology, I think that was clear to the naked eye. But um, uh, yeah, th- this watch didn't go off. I think it was, it was a clear. It's right that you 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 heard them. Whoever was operating the um, the commentary buttons, they put on the the goal scoring sounds just for a little second. But, oh shit, it didn't cross the line. <laughs> <laughs> they, they always do that though. It's difficult. And then uh, Ralph yeah. just like like Pavlov's dog was just like yeah yeah I'm oh, not. <laughs> um, but Nick Nick Pope was great uh, for Burnley in the second yes. half. A couple of brilliant saves. That save on Stuart Armstrong. That that was world class. Mm. Very very good save. But like you said, it was coming. Uh, the, the 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 Redmond goal. Uh, the go ahead goal. It was deserved. We were on top at that point. We were forcing corners. We were forcing Pope to be at his best. Um, Redman at the back stick, and it was that was it. A, a turnaround, three two. What? But yeah, what a finish from from Redman. I didn't quite believe it when it was in. It was quite one of those moments like, is that in? Because it was a bit of a delay on the old uh, the celebration button there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of a, yeah. Surely you're gonna look at look at the Saints have scored. They can't just score. You know, some <laughs> shit's got to go down. Uh, but then Burnley were up in the pressure, and they went up on the possession actually in the second half, up to, up up in the sixties, I believe. 
Um, Ralph made the change, Kev, and this is what made me, like, really, really nervous. Armstrong off, Salisu on. I didn't like it because it was just... It's a weird pressure. one, isn't it? I do, well, I, I, I mean, from a tactics point of view, from a, from a neutral point of view, you look at that, that substitution and think, OK, well, you take a winger off and put a defender on. You're going to put five at the back. You're going to shore it up. Fine. But this is Saints we're talking about. We can't do that. When has there ever been an occasion where we've done that and it's worked? I cannot think. And then within seconds, Chris Wood has that header from point blank inside the box. Yeah. It's like, how can that happen? You know what Burnley are going to do. You put an extra centre-back in the box to prevent it, and they get their best chance of the game. It's like... So it's lower. I mean, we, we could have changed it up at that point. But Burnley, I mean, they've gone from playing... Almost an hour of nine at the back to, oh shit, you know, we're not going to get anything out of this. We should probably try and do something. There were, there were, I mean, how many corners were there in, the, in that last 15 minutes or so? It, it just an insane, well, I don't know, it, it felt like forever that we, we were just defending corner after corner. Yeah, um, I mean, and every single time that ball went in the box, I pooed myself a little bit. Wow, I mean, your bowels must be well and truly empty. <laughs> Um, speaking of that Chris Wood header, um, yeah, I mean, Ben Narek does give um, Chris Wood a little tug as he goes down. <laughs> Sorry, my head's elsewhere. <laughs> what was it you said the commentator said? Wasn't the it? commentator said, yeah, when um, Chris Wood and, and Ben you know when Ben Narek went down after that, he, he kind of like climbed up and he went down. Chris Wood. Went down. No, it said that uh, he uh, Ben Narek was coming all over Chris Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Was he? I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah. That's the the X-rated stream <laughs> available on the Sky Sports OnlyFans. <laughs> um, but then more changes: Ings for McAdams and Gineppo for Walcott. I'm okay with that, to be honest. Uh, that wasn't the issue. It was the issue of bringing off a winger and putting a defender on because I know it wasn't going to end well. With these changes, Kevin, did you think we'd be able to see this game out? Because, I mean, I thought, yes. this, had, I thought this had 3-3 written all over it. The moment that Salisu comes on. That, that's, not, that, that's not a knock on him. It's just when we try to manage a game with five at the back, we end up with Egonoff. Apart from this time. Well, at the time, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, J-Rod coming on, I mean, that's got a tabloid headline in the making, really, there. But, they are, no, they... Defended, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say well, but they, they just did enough. They did enough. That's all you can ask. They did. Yeah, as I say, we, we, we hung on. Um, Forster untested in those last stages. But that didn't stop the crosses coming in. And I, again, I was, I was pooping myself every single time. Mm-hmm. Burnley are a strong physical side and they're great in the air, whereas we fall like a deck of cards. I mean, you can see goal two for the evidence. But not only did we hang on, but we come back from two down. Uh, it's a massive, massive three points, and it really, really cannot be understated. 36 points now. That's 10 points ahead of Fulham, 15 points ahead of West Brom, who we play next, by the way. Um, if we get three points against the Baggies next week, can we start planning for next season? Um, I think we can start packing our bags for Wembley. Well, yeah. Well, you eight games and a semi to look forward to still, so yeah. But do you know what, Kev? That was the first home win in three months. And that was the first double over Burnley for 50 years. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Uh, man of the match, Kev. Well, I mean, in, in summary, okay, yeah, Bednarek not having the best of times at Saints at the moment, is he? Um, it's fearful stuff. And after West Brom's result, I'm 
kind of nervous about that, that back line ahead of it. Um, Diallo, we haven't really mentioned him. Um, he was enjoying a few uh, cracks from distance now and again, just for fun. I mean, he looks quite confident and settled these days. I was convinced he was going to score today. Yeah. I, I, I don't see why not. You know, but he just he wanted to score from outside the area, so everyone would be shouting his name. Um, fair play to him. Um, yeah, Armstrong, he always gets me out of my seat, but um, it was a good performance, but not his best. I mean, like you, you mentioned when we were watching the game that he was losing the ball quite a lot, um, not as instrumental. Redmond, I think, has proved himself that he does deserve to be included in the lineup. But I think the story of the day is definitely Danny, King of the Scummers, Ings, making his comeback and making his name known and increasing his price tag. We can say that. Yes, but we are. <laughs> Yeah, man of the match, Danny motherfucking Ings. Word of the day, too. Yeah, Danny Ings for me as well. I think, you know, back after the, the injury layoff, uh, future's on everybody's thoughts. You know, I think he looked the real deal today. I do. I, I'm Not just the goal, but it's the way he looked, his body language. He looked sharp and he looked up for the challenge. And I think we need him like this for the running. And I'd love to see him banging one every week from now until then um, and help Southgate make the right decision and include him in the England squad. But yeah, if he can play like that every week, then we'll be fine. All right. Okay. Um, I'll give you a quick uh, Tim style teaser. All right. right. Danny Ings uh, fucks off at the end of the season, um, but on his way out, manages to score the winner for us in the FA Cup final. Or um, he stays out a five-year contract for Saints. No, I'm taking the FA Cup win, definitely. What if he goes to Pompey? Well, I know he's not going to do that. So, <laughs> well, I, uh, I don't care. No. To be honest, if he wins us the FA Cup, yeah, he he will go down and play. He can go wherever he wants. Yeah, he can go. Yeah. That that would a lifetime of celebration, wouldn't it? It would just be so so good. Can you imagine Saints winning the FA Cup and me? Oh, Jesus, the, the poor people seeing um, me on the Moscow news cab, like on top of a bus stop or something. <laughs> with the tits out. <laughs> it would, yeah. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. I really feel for the NHS workers in Southampton. They've got first the pandemic to deal with and um, <laughs> then, then the, the permanent damage that's going to be done to everyone's health. <laughs> yeah. But no, seriously, I mean, if if, um, if we get through the semi-final and, he, and he's playing in that, that final, I think I'd forgive him anything um, if, yeah, if, he scores, if he scores for us in that final. Win, lose or draw. Fair play. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. Let's dream for a bit. Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay, we'd like to welcome back Tim. He took a week off to visit family back home in Chicago, but we're pleased to welcome him back. Tim, how are you? Uh, Things are pretty good, nonetheless, when it comes to the game. Wow, that was uh, a heart attack all in one. (laughs) That gave me the morning jolt that uh, coffee couldn't do in the morning for me. Uh, That got my blood boiling, blood pressure up. Uh, I'm ready to go for the day. That's good. But can I just say before we start that I've missed you, Tim. Aw. Yeah, it's been too long. Ah, thank you. It, it does feel Shit. like it's been a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, I felt like it was really long as well yeah. during the, during the uh, during the international break. 
And I must say, you did an amazing job planning your daughter's birthday during the international break. It's got to be a great time to have planned it. Absolutely. Uh, It was all planned, yeah. That's great to hear. (laughs) It's like... Uh, no, but it's yeah, it's been a few, it's been a little while, and I'm happy to be here, and I missed you guys too. Ah, oh, no, that's good. Um, can I get your thoughts on the on the Burnley game? Of course. Uh, I was not surprised to see the starting lineup with uh, the people that were starting. Oh, because I was, I wasn't expecting Walcott to be straight in. Uh, I expected him because of the international break. You saw Adams play two and a half games. Um, Armstrong only played like one and a half or two games. He didn't play two full games. So seeing the people like Minamino had to travel to Japan and Mongolia and come back. So we saw that was mentioned. Uh, so you look at all the players that were playing and none of them had a long extended periods except for maybe Bednarik. Vestergaard didn't start all the games either. Um, Ward Prowse said he didn't. Yeah. And he came back specifically. He left so he could play with us and I am. Were you, pleasantly surprised. Were you surprised by that one? Uh, I I don't know. Like he's the Iron Man, and he'll he'll do anything for the club. And well, it's just the reason I ask you, Tim, is because Alex's question this uh, for next week is about international duties, and should we should we be letting players come come and go like that? And is, specifically with Ward Prowse, I mean, he's not valued highly for England, but he is for us because you know he plays 100 percent of the time for us. What, do you think they have, they have to start feigning injuries to get him back? No, I don't. I think that he'll be rotated out and he won't be a central figure, and I don't think he'll play all the games. Uh, but most of all, a lot of these players just want to play internationally too. It's a dedication for their country and whatever it might be. And also FIFA requires them to be able to be released for it. I don't know with all the new COVID restrictions how we're going on, um, but it makes sense that if you have to quarantine for it, you don't have to release the players to go. Um, but I think it's great for them, and I think it's great for the players, and it sucks if they come back on – if they got came back and were injured – and Ward Prowse left because of a fitness issue or whatever it might be. They said a calf strain. It could mm, have been very uh, easy to to to, uh, to feign. To fight, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he he came back, and if he knew he wasn't going to start, and that's just he's like, all right, I want to I want to complain the next game. I want to keep the keep the player going, uh, keep the team going, and he felt maybe an obligation to be here, being the captain. And if that was his case and that's what he did, then I'm not going to blame him and I'm going to thank him because he was able to come and play with us uh, today, which I I wasn't surprised, but I would have given it like a 50-50 shot. Mm. So, so yeah, and Adams played a lot. Uh, Minamino played with the, obviously with the travel and... It, it, it makes sense. I think they'll rotate back in next next week. Yeah, um, man of the match for you in the uh, Burnley game? Nathan Redmond. Please, you said that because I thought you had a very good game. I thought Underrated. he... Uh, I think... I didn't find him hit a, bit, a real bad touch. Might have had one or two here and there but that were small. But Ings gave up a, a number of chances, probably three or four, especially that one on the on the breakout. But you saw Redmond push hard on the on the break... Um, on the break all the time, and he was just going for it. His, I think, crazy to think about it, but he's a com- I guess his confidence is back. Uh, I didn't see that he put a, I want to say a terrible touch. He had a goal and an assist, so his playmaking ability right there, him up top with Ings, 
I was pleasant, you know, I'm pleasantly surprised that he was able to do that. And overall, I'm, I'm just really happy for the guy because he's a team, he's a team player. He's got the right attitude. Uh, everything what it could have been, but with goal, you know, with attacking movements, uh, the goal, uh, with a great volley off of, a, a, a Theo Wolcott assist. And then from there, uh, just played his ass off and did a great job. The Hawthorns. Okay, Tim, we travel to the Hawthorns on Monday the 12th at 6 p.m. kickoff live on Sky Sports. Prepare us for this must-win trip against the Baggies. Uh, well, the relief came about from being Burnley today. We all hate playing Burnley. They seem to have our number, and it's just a frustrating game. Not anymore. I mean, hell, oh, yeah. Points. Yeah, we play, I mean, we went 2-0 down, gave, you know, damn near gave us a heart attack, but happy to be back and playing strong and that'll, that'll give them confidence going forward into the remaining games. And it definitely helps that we're able to play West Brom. So West Brom. Even though they've beaten Chelsea 5-2 at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I mean, it's a fluke. Uh, Tiago Silva, I mean, as we know, once you get a red card early in the game, things can just break down pretty easily. Uh, that's even to, even to Chelsea itself, so. Uh, West Brom were able to adapt and were able to beat them with a 10 man. I think it was like the 26th, 28th minute that Silva got the red card, uh, with two yellows, that is. So congrats to them for their win, uh, away from home as well. But, uh, so that currently West Brom is 19th. Uh, they're all but certain to go down. Uh, they are six, seven, eight points. I'm sorry. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they are six, seven or eight points behind Fulham. And then with the tie today for Newcastle, they are Newcastle is two up on Fulham, uh, with a game in hand against it. So seeing how things go, uh, I am. All but certain that it's going to be a fun game and we're not going to put the brakes on anything. Um, but the problem is, is that we don't necessarily have the best of success against teams that sit back. And as we know with Sam Allardyce, uh, he tends to sit back and he is the relegation master. He's never been relegated, so we'll see if he ends up quitting because he's, I think they're all but assured to be relegated this time. So, so taking a look at that, Sam Allardyce has a seven mantra makeup and when it comes to his system. Uh, if, I'm going to take this, uh, qu- these information directly from his TIFO football, the TIFO football inf- uh, write up on him because it's tried and true. So number one is keep clean sheets. Number two is don't give the ball, ball away in your own half. Number three is pass the ball first pass forward. Fourth is win the second ball. Five is set pieces are key. Six is exploit opposition weakness. And seven is final third quality. Uh, outside of the mentions that would be run your ass off and be better athletes, that's literally how teams play in the U.S. growing up. It's like a straight 4-4-2, you know, play defensive, put the balls over the top. Um, it's not pretty, but it gets the job done in many cases. Uh, so to him, uh, they recently, uh, our last matchup against them was two, we won 2-0, uh, on the October 4th. That was pre, uh, that was Slavon Bilic when he was, uh, managing there. Currently their top scorer is Matthias Pereira with seven goals, adding two this past week, 
uh, against what uh against Chelsea. So they set up a differently based on the team itself, but it's some sort of formation bridge between a 4-1-4-1, a 4-5-1, and a 5-4-1. Seeing how uh, they've played against Crystal Palace, Everton, uh, Fulham, a few other teams that they would consider lower end, uh, they had more of a 4-1-4-1, where last week they had a 5-4-1 with a primary defensive movement uh, against Chelsea and then we're able to open up once the 10 man uh, once the Silva got his red card so to me uh, the danger man is going to be Matthias Pereira I don't know who's going to match up because he bounces left to right and seeing all that it's going to be Kyle Walker Peters or Bertrand have to man mark or lock him in as whatever side he's on. He's got to be the focus point because he's got he's got flair, he's got movement, he's got style, and it's going to be hard to watch out for him. Uh, or it's going to be hard. Excuse me, it's just going to be hard to play against him because he's he's got the, he's got it and he's a great player. So uh, seeing how the lineup is something like uh, Johnstone at the back. Had his first uh, England cap recently, so congrats to him. But we're going to look at Townsend, Bartley, uh, Simi Ajay, and Furlong uh, in the back. Uh, Yokuzlu, okay, Yokuzlu. I love the name he's got uh, as the the holding defensive midfield. We've got Pereira, Gallagher, Ainsley, Maitland, Niles, and Phillips. Uh, you'll see Phillips and Pereira rotate over the sides either way. And then you'll look at uh Dianye, uh up top, uh, playing his role, being the uh, target man for the play. Uh, they'll have still they'll still have some people on the bench going with Hal Robson, Kanu, uh, Grady Dianyana, and Branislav Ivanovic if they need to throw him in for an extra center back, and then Callum Robertson who. I wouldn't be too worried about him because he's, we're not Chelsea, who that's all he scores goals against because all, all the goals practically that he has this week, uh, or this year have been against Chelsea. So, uh, so he, he probably won't start or he might start. You never know because he's got the hot hand from the last game. And then how will we set up? Uh, I'm going to be, it's going to be our traditional 4222. Uh, I will see and look at Minamino coming in. I think he's going to wrote, he's going to come back because we can have the players with the extra flair. We can, we want that extra attack and we want them to break it down. Can I just say before we go, you go into how we set up a little bit more, but you know, the fact that we're coming off of a win and we've got a lot of players healthy and fit, it, this lineup is going to be really difficult to choose because Redmond scored in the last two appearances. You've got Minamino back, you've got Walcott back, you've got Shea Adams back and you've got Ings back. It's going to be really difficult to decide. Yeah, it really is. But I expect the only change being Adams in for Walcott and Redmond slotting back into the center. Yeah, that's my guess. I don't think they want to take him out. And I think Adams has got the hot hand. I don't, I, Adams is going to start. He's, 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 he's got it. He's got the makeup. You know, he had that breakaway. Obviously, it sucked that he didn't uh, score in that breakaway goal right, right towards the end. Um, but I think I think it's going to be the same. And I do, but I do think it'll be the same except for Walcott coming out. And you'll look for Walcott. Uh, you'll look for Walcott. You'll look for Musa Gineppo coming in, and then some last minute ninety plus three <laughs> sub that will try to skate out the game. <laughs> They can tell him. Yeah. 
possibly. Um, okay, so predictions then, Tim. You're up first. Uh, we're going to win 2-0, just like we did last time. Uh, 3-1 Saints. Wife Wars. Uh, Gemma is going 2-0 Saints. Also, what is Marina going, Kev? One for Marina is going for 2-1 Saints. 1-0 Saints. Hi, I'm Matt Letitiae. Thank you for listening to In That Number. Extra time then. Welcome to Extra Time. We will start with the predictions as usual. Uh, for Burnley then, uh, I went nil-nil, stupidly. Tim also went nil-nil, stupidly. Uh, Kevin went one-nil Saints. Yes. And Alex went one-nil Saints. So Kevin picks up two points. Me and Tim don't. <laughs> so I'm on 40. Kev's on 43 now. And Tim's on 29. Tim, come on. Pick it up. Yeah, um, yeah. I suck. Yeah. Wife Wars. Um, Gemma also went 0-0. Uh, Marina went 2-0 Saints. And Abby went 1-1. So no points for Gemma and Abby, but two for Marina. So this is this Wife Wars is really fucking close, by the way. 26 to Gem. 23 to Abby and Marina. This is... Wow. Yeah, could go anywhere. This could go anywhere. Yeah, this, this is great. Uh, Super Six, round 45. Kevin, it was won by Dan Buck. Hey, Danny. Danny nice Buck, one. 15 points. Round 46, Kev, was won by Dan Buck. Hey, hey. Fuck it, points. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Uh, overall, Tom Hennigan leads the way on 369. But Dan Buck surge in the past few weeks, actually, has led him to third. So it's very close on that as well. Uh, fantasy football. Tim, how are you getting on? Uh, I used my free hit last week. I did notice. Hel- yeah, and I left Bamford on the bench like an idiot. But I still got I still got 53 points. Wow. That's good. That's good. Kev, how, how am I doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Um... I think it's going to go first. I'm, I'm clocking up the tabs here. Uh, my Prowse MD, um, last game week was game week 30, was it? I don't know. Ah, oh, fuck, nice. Um, which is the one where nobody played? Yeah, that was last week. That was game week 29, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, oh, Jesus. Is that, that's my team. Oh, I did really well. Yeah, I know. I said you were going to do well. Fuck didn't I? Because hell. you, you, last week we mentioned it. Yeah, Son, my captain, didn't play. Uh, so Rafinha, um, he gets a double uh, bonus, which is nice. Um, I've I got Jesse Lingard in there. Oh, I'd say 65 points in total. You're bastard. Um, Lacazette scored, Lingard scored. Yeah, everything kind of went together. Kane must have scored as well. Yeah, they did. Um, completely forgot to update my team this week. Um, that does mean I'm going to have... Uh, well, one, it means I'm going to have a shit week this week. And two, it means we're going to have an extra free transfer for next week. Still at Carrie Hayne. Carrie Hayne, and he is still scoring. Carrie Hayne. Carrie Hayne. I took Harry Kane out of my team this week, stupidly. I've made some really, really stupid mistakes this week. Mm-hmm. I kept Rashford in. Um, you've got Bamford, and he's not on the bench, but he's not scoring. No, and I've got, mind you, I mean, the teams that I've, the players that I've got, you know, it's the best I could have done, I suppose. Gundogan didn't play, did he? Did he, Tim? Did Gundogan play? No, he did not. No. Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I learned quite early in the season. Just don't fucking bother with City players. Like, unless they're... No, um, the, he's the only City player that I've got, right? And because he was scoring, like, nearly every week, I thought, fuck it, he's got to be a sure bet for a start. And he's not. No, no. Ruben Diaz 
just about the only player who plays every week, and he's the only City player I've got. Other Saints podcasters, uh, Matt Markstone, still top, still the best. Freddie's given them, uh, he's not given them a run from his money at all, no, he's miles ahead. Matt, <laughs> I might as well, you're like the Man City of this league, might as well just announce you as champion already. Same pretty much goes for Lucy Hynett, she's uh, 50 points ahead of Bobby Brown, don't say it. Um, Pete Mashika and Dan Buck uh, competing for third place. Dan Buck, Jesus, is there anything that he can't do? <laughs> He's having a week, he, isn't he? He is, yeah. He's getting to get some betting tips. Might have to. He's on a roll. Um, okay, is that it for fantasy football, Kevin? Oh, fucking well, yes, yeah, I'm. Yep, okay, so uh, the only thing that's left is the Russian phrase then. All right. Just again, as uh, we often do here, it's the title of the episode. Uh, yeah, Return of the King um, in Russian. That would be Vazvrashenia uh, Karalia. Fucking hell. Vazvrashenia Karalia. Pray. Is that right? Yeah, that's good. Go on, go on then, Timothy. Try va- your best. Va- <laughs> Karalia. That was good. That was yeah. actually good. It's, you just have to pronounce everything like you think you have peanut butter in your mouth. <laughs> you finally <laughs> found the trick. Yeah. Karalia. 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 Yeah. Okay. I think that is about it for this week. Um, we will hand over to Franny and Klaus. Of the Saints. Up my Southampton. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. And the motherfuckers up. Motherfucker. First of many. Motherfucker's my square of the day. Damn motherfucker. Oh, yes, bitch. Motherfucker. They absolutely fucking thrashed them 8-0. Motherfucker. Absolutely fucking ruthless. Fucking bullshit, isn't it? I mean, fuck off, yeah. Yeah, fuck me. Go off. Sorry, man. Sorry, my ass. Going yeah, my mic fell off the table. Pooed myself a little bit. Your bowels must be well and truly empty. <laughs> Danny motherfucking Ings. Ah, oh, fuck nice. What a twat. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.